guys, welcome back to another episode of our Studio ZSL podcast. And as always, you guys already heard the one that I talked about earlier in terms of Mavericks. So we need to discuss what Mavericks are, right? Like, who are these types of people? You know, do, do they possess the qualities that can put, put a company towards success? Or could they be problematic? Could they be deemed as a liability? See, these are very, very important things, but also the values that the intrinsic values that a maverick possesses can also push the company forward. Now, I'm going to give you an example. I've done workshops at a company by the name of Kubota. Kubota, I think, formally introduced in Japan, but they have branches out here in Thailand, the biggest manufacturing company here in Thailand. And it was very, very interesting to see that the HR managers were all about 25, I'm sorry, the HR heads were between 25 and 35 years old. Now, this is a company that's more forward thinking. Now, if you look at HR managers, I'm not going to say a particular name, but there is a bank that I actually work for, or there are a number of banks, and these HR managers are older. How about, now, the head is older, but the younger ones are, well, obviously younger. So could these be deemed as mavericks, the ones that you need to put some, some young blood into an office, into a company to further the success or to bring you out of the bo- or outside the box ideas into a company? Are these important? These are some things to consider. And that being said, what we're gonna be doing is listening to a nice little audio. Followed up with a blog that is available. If you guys are listening to this within the first 10 minutes, it will be available after 10 minutes. For those of you listening to this after 10 minutes, it's already available. If you want to do the additional task that's on that blog in terms of numbering the topics in the correct order, you have the ability to. So with that being said, guys, and without further ado, let's get right into this bad boy. Okay, so... We have less than an hour for this task, so let's get started. The topic is Mavericks, and our task for tomorrow's tutorial is to come up with recommendations. Remember, we're advising a company on the proportion of Maverick types to hire. Okay, here are the issues. Okay, Salma, we are listening. Well, first of all, should the company employ Mavericks at all? I think we can assume that they should, right? Otherwise, we have nothing else to discuss. True. So first, we need to decide on the proportion. How many would be needed in a company of this size? And also, how the Mavericks would be identified? And thirdly, of course, there's the question of how the company would support them in the workplace. Okay, that's a lot of questions. Where should we start? Let's begin by defining our main term, Maverick, so we know we're all on the same page. Good idea. Agreed, Hannah? Yes, of course. Well, as I understand it, it basically means a risk taker, a creative, independent kind of person. So, it's a very positive idea, lots of positive connotations. Well, the problem with that is the narrowness of that view. It's really quite limited. The term, as I understand it, implies that a maverick has a, let's say, unconventional approach and brings with him or her a different way of thinking. 
So the term could be both positive or negative, couldn't it? Depending on your point of view of conformity. Hannah, don't you agree? Yes, that's right, I suppose. In some cultures, it might be negative. I don't mean just in the culture of a specific country. I mean in business culture in general, or a particular working environment. It could be deemed to be a positive or negative thing. Good point. I think we can perhaps agree on that. And I suppose that's at the root of the question, really. The studies I read all agreed that mavericks aren't always compatible with other workers, so employers have to place them carefully within the work context. Yes, that's true. Apparently, they aren't always easy to get along with. They can be seen as argumentative and not good for harmonious teamwork. Hang on. Isn't that because they stand up for what they believe in, what they are doing? They stay focused on their own goal? Yes, but it can make them dysfunctional in a group, pursuing their own goals regardless of what everyone else is doing. But if their goals turn out to be right, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? We need mavericks to come up with new ideas and pursue them with determination, not just follow the crowd. Steve Jobs is a classic maverick in the literature. And don't forget, some other people on the team may have formed a clique. Mavericks can help break these up, stir things up a little bit, which is a good thing, I think. Interesting view, Marie. But for now, let's move on. We can come back to this point later. What was the next thing? Oh, yes. How can we actually identify Mavericks? Hannah, any thoughts on that? There's a lot about that in the article from last week. Companies use psychometric tests to do an evaluation of where a candidate is on a maverick scale. And remember, we're all on that scale somewhere. Wouldn't it be better to look at a candidate's track record? If they were mavericks in their previous job, they probably will be in this one, don't you think? I mean, those psychology tests seem a little bit pointless to me in this context. Mavericks don't seem to fit any clear patterns. Yes, they do. Richard Branson and Steve Jobs were very similar. Rule-breaking, right-brain thinkers, risk-takers, very dominant. Yes, but they're opposites in other ways. I don't think a test would have identified them. And, being mavericks, we know that whatever they were to do next, including the test, would probably be unpredictable. That's true. Point taken. Okay, so I think we can all agree in principle that we need to recommend that the company explores previous maverick behavior in the interview to find out more about the history. Do we also agree that some form of test should also be used? I don't know. I don't think so, but I suppose it wouldn't do any harm. Okay, so let's agree to disagree on the principle, but do one anyway. The last point is interesting. We have to decide how to facilitate bringing them onto the team to help them collaborate rather than work against everyone. So we want their participation? I thought they were more likely to work alone. Well, yes, but they have to share their ideas sometime and they'll need others to support them. After all, any business is a collective, not a group of isolated individuals. Right, so to return to our original point, how many Mavericks should we recommend the company actually employ? What proportion of each department? Well, obviously you need a balance of different types of people on your team. The majority of people would be getting the job done in the usual way, 
but if a successful company wants to produce some original products, Mavericks are more likely to deliver them. So I would say they would need at least... Wow, very interesting. And just to let you guys, you, you know, Steve Jobs, absolutely, he was a maverick. But the problem, because he was a maverick and because he wanted to do things outside the box, he was actually removed from Apple. And then he had come back, which is very, very interesting, given the fact that maybe Apple at some given point said, wow, we do need his ideas. We do need his behaviors although he wanted to do this now i don't know the entire story i know some of you probably know the entire story behind behind why he was actually removed to begin with but think about it why was it that he ended up going back to his you know going back to apple maybe they realized ooh, we kind of need someone now i'm going to give you another example of a maverick is tim cook the ceo of apple right now a maverick absolutely not well, maybe he is, maybe he is. But since the death of Steve Jobs, Apple, other than the AirPods, have not been innovative in anything. You add triple cameras to the back of this, you did this, a, a processor of this, a FaceTime recognition, but other than that, there's nothing wild to it. You know, when the Apple, you know, when the iPhone 4 had come out and then, you know, we had the iPad, that was remarkable, wasn't it? I mean, I remember buying the iPad and probably, I think, uh, what was it? Probably November or December of 2011. And I was like, dude, this is a massive step in the right direction. And the next thing you know, he ended up dying. I can't, believe, I can't remember before or after. Maybe I bought it after. I can't remember. But I didn't even know who Steve Jobs was. But since then, nothing has been. There's no creativity behind Apple anymore. And this is one of the biggest problems. See, it's kind of like this. When we think of Mavericks, we need people who are going to separate themselves from someone else, but also has the ability to work with groups. Now, as you heard in the podcast or in that little listening, Mavericks had to have a tendency of working in isolation, which absolutely could be a problem when it comes to collaborative work. So for instance, if we look at, uh oh man someone who's really 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 gifted at what he does i remember there was a guy he was so gifted but he was so toxic he always worked in isolation he never gave anyone any thought even when we had meetings and he had brilliant thoughts behind so many different things i'm like okay well let's just write this down and tell it and he kept saying no they won't do it they won't do it and so ultimately he was, and he ended up being released, which was a good thing because he was just so unbelievably toxic. But nonetheless, guys, I'm just trying to give a nice little pointer to what, you know, the different types of behavior that have, you know, the behaviors of Mavericks that could be very, very problematic. Now, a Maverick in the tech industry, I don't know, you guys can name it. There are technology, you know, Alexa, which is amazing. I think it was made in America too, which is shocking. Uh, but if we look at Mavericks, let's say within the, uh, the airline realm. Now, American Airlines have a tendency of pointing fingers at the Asian juggernauts and the Middle Eastern juggernauts saying, oh, well, you, uh, you, you kind of, what is it? You, pamp you, you pamper. Oh, there you go. You pamper the, uh, the, 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 what is it? The, 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 the people. The people who buy the tickets, the passengers, you pamper 
the passengers. There goes my English, okay? And therefore, you know, you're going to do this and this is going to happen to you and that's going to happen to you and all these different things. And I'm like, well, this is why every American airline is probably less than top 20 in the world. For anyone to put an American airline in the top 10 is criminal. And I think anyone who put, you know what, top 20 is criminal. Top 10 is they should be arrested. It's kind of like seeing New Zealand, Air New Zealand and Qantas in the top three. And I'm like, guys, I've flown both airlines. Both airlines have the worst flight attendants I've ever had in my life. The Qantas has one of the top worst flight attendants I've ever had in my life. And I flew domestically from Melbourne to Sydney. So in saying that, I kind of asked myself, well, you know what? The maverick behind it, the mindset, is not so much there versus Singapore Airlines, Eva Air, Cathay Pacific, and the new airline that had just uh, came out what was it, uh, in Taiwan, I forgot what the name is, but they are thinking way outside the box. They're mavericks, you need those ideas. Now, if they're able to work in a group, you got yourself, uh, you, you, you're brilliant. It's kind of like me and my coworker. I wouldn't say coworker, I'm gonna call her an associate. We do collaborative work. She comes to me with big projects. She's like, hey, okay, I have Honda, I have, this company, I have this bank, I have this, I need you to go there with me and discuss a couple of things. Once they do that and you show exactly your capabilities, your integrity and that you get results, obviously they're going to choose us. Both her and I, we're mavericks. She's, ma she's a maverick, but the problem is, is her behavior towards the old heads of the company she works at. She always gets in arguments with them. She cannot do collaborative work Obviously, because she is way forward thinking and the other ones are way backwards thinking. They're like 1970s type of thinking. You see what I mean? Now me, I'm a maverick, but I could definitely work in groups. Now, do I work in groups out here in Thailand? No, because I'm a trainer. So I don't need to work at schools or this, but I always realize when I work at schools, I'm like, oh, I'm a ridiculous maverick with really bad behaviors because I'm over here telling the teachers saying, listen, these books are terrible. I'm going to do something else. They're like, no, you have to do this. I'm like, oh, hell no. And so then I ended up giving probably about those students, technical students, 10% of the 100% because I knew it wasn't in alignment with what I was doing and what, what they needed to achieve. You see what I mean? So this is the basis of what Mavericks are. And with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast. I was thinking about doing a critical thinking task, but normally those podcasts don't get so many plays. So guys, get ready. We're going to be doing study skills on the next one. So I'm your host as always. Have a good one. Over and out.